Hey guys, welcome to Bagman Broadcast, episode number 447. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a somewhat weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of comic books that we are looking forward to coming out June 23rd, 2021. That's today. And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, it's time for the 18th part of our ongoing Great Marvel Movie Retrospective. Uh, we're going to be talking about 2018's Black Panther. Ooh. I remember watching that in the movies right after recording a podcast. And John and I drank quite a bit during that podcast. <laughs> and uh, guys, let's not keep that from keeping us from drinking today. What are we drinking? Uh, we are drinking. Uh, all three of us are drinking the same beers uh, because Chris said semi-weekly because I went down and visited Chris. I brought him some beer, and then I also shared some beer with Paul. Yeah, yeah. and I, uh, but well, we I don't want I want to sound too much like John's doing a fancy thing because I shared some beer with him too. So you'll hear my beers yeah. next week. This wasn't some <laughs> I'm benevolent a lucky act. Christmas it boy. Was, so I do want to say I flew down with like two T-shirts, a dress shirt, a couple pairs of socks and a couple pairs of underwear and a lot of beer. So much so that my bag weighed 46 pounds. <laughs> All beer for Chris and his lovely, lovely girlfriend. Uh, I came home with the same amount of clothes, a stuffed animal and... 45 pounds of, <laughs> of beer, uh, but only half of it was for me. The other half was for for Paul. Uh, uh, and one of that. those beers that John brought down almost killed me. <laughs> we, <laughs> we had a beer ex, explode in the car. <laughs> uh, it was it was a true Chris and Paul or Chris and, and John moment where it was. Uh, it was the breakfast. We need to get rid of this whale. beer. We need to get rid of this beer. It's going to explode. I think if you just leave it in your bag, it'll be okay. No, it's going to explode. Then it exploded. <laughs> it, it exploded because we were arguing about how we should get rid of this beer. Some days Where you can't get I rid of turned, a bomb. <laughs> if I had turned and just opened it, it probably would have been resolved. Uh-huh. But uh, because we argued about it, it exploded. And then I was like, well, I but can't let this go to waste. So I had to drink like half of that warm <laughs> breakfast whale in the ellipsis. <laughs> Brewing's uh, parking lot. Yeah. It uh, had re-fermented. Wasn't bad, though. I... Wasn't bad. Uh, I, nice I have... new car? Come on. It was, a, no, it was just It's a, a very nice car. It was in the it back hatch. It got in his window. It got in the inside of my suitcase bag. It got a little bit everywhere. Uh, but what beer didn't explode was the Black is Beautiful from Prison City out of Auburn, New York. And this is an imperial stout with Madagascar vanilla beans, Caribbean cocoa nibs coming in at 10%. And like all Black is Beautiful beers, this beer is brewed to support justice and equality for people of color. And it is hosted by the Weathered Souls Brewing out of San Antonio, Texas, who came up with a recipe that they gave out to other breweries if you wanted to support. And then you could play within that recipe 
Um, and with this one, you have the Madagascar vanilla beans and Caribbean cocoa nibs. Um, Chris had sent us a Black is Beautiful from one of his breweries uh, down I, there. I was it guys the Sideward one. Sideward. <laughs> Something was wrong with my can. Chris, Paul, and yeah. Chris's mother all had a fantastic beer. Um, John, are you now having that fantastic beer? I am. This is really... I'm... I mean, we've been talking a long time since we opened these, but I've been trying to go slow on this because it is 10%. Yeah. It drinks way too smooth for um, 10%. This was canned. Um, date on the, the can says uh, January 29th, 2021. So we're looking at six months-ish uh, in the can. It's, it's aged perfectly. Though. Like This is still fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, it's still great. Um, all the flavors are Even there. though the can's right in front of me, I I looked what was in it with that vanilla and like the cocoa. I did not see the line on the bottom that says 10%. Because it just it drinks really smooth. Like, this is... Yeah, no alcohol burn, no alcohol taste at the end. Um, yeah, it's... I don't get much of the vanilla. But, you know, but sometimes that's what happens with vanilla. It just is a rounding yeah. flavor. It just helps mellow the chocolate nib out because it is all just roasted deep rich chocolatey flavors on the back end see i get and the beer is like it's thick and Mm -hmm. it coats your mouth it's what you want after i swallow you get that that really dark chocolate note but in that is that vanilla that vanilla is there it's not a sweet vanilla Mm -hmm. but it's a there's a vanilla to to that that mouthfeel yeah. afterwards. <laughs> okay, I can, I can see that. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, I think it's a wonderful cause. And I think uh, it's a wonderful beer to go along with that uh, wonderful cause. So uh, I have to check into this one still. Because I think this is maybe the fourth or fifth from the Black is Beautiful collection that I've had. And honestly, all the breweries have done something really good with them. The only one that I wasn't a big fan of was from Dead Lizard Brewing here in Orlando, but that's because oh. they did it with, like, a pepper. Like, they did kind of a pepper, mm. like, chocolate, which I'm iffy on that stuff anyways. Like, it has to be, like, the right balance of everything, and it was just a little bit too much of, like, the chili pepper the or, spice. like, the jalapeno, whatever they had brewed it with that. I was like, okay, I get where they're going with this, but it was just yeah. not for me. Um, this was... This is definitely up there with some of the better ones, though. Well, hot peppers and also racism should make you feel uncomfortable, Chris. You shouldn't be comfortable with it. This, this is fantastic, though. <laughs> John just goes, nope. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. I, I really enjoy this one. So thank you for sharing, John. And I look forward to having yeah. the next one from our brewery that I actually know and love, too. Because I've never had anything from Prison yeah. City. Have you had any of their other stuff like that you can like shout out uh, yeah, so their Mass Riot, which is like their flagship IPA, um, is excellent. Um, I've had a couple other IPAs from them. My dad ended up picking this up for me um, because he was at one of the breweries. And I said, oh, you're there. Do they have this beer? Because they put out uh, for for um, Star Wars Day, May 4th, they put out a Maybach that had like it was called like my dark father or something like that. And it had, uh, 
a Vader-esque silhouette on it. And I was like, well, I, I'm going to go see Chris. Like, give, give me that beer. Um, but it was not at the location that he was at. Oh. So he ended up bringing this home for me, um, which I was like, oh, this is great. I have I have one set aside to send down to Chris anyways. So now we can have two from two New York breweries and talk about them. And that's why I also had an extra one to give to Paul. Hey, thanks, John's dad. Hey, yeah. thanks, everybody. Super super friend of the so, show. Again, we've talked about it this time. We've talked about it with previous Black is Beautiful. I like that breweries can come together and do something like this where everyone's kind of inspired to do their own take on it while giving back to their own communities. I I would love to see another, I don't want to say version of this, but like something else like come out of it that other breweries jump on, like, I love this idea. Like, keep, keep it going. So locally, Paul Paul had these beers on the show. Um, all of our local breweries got together, at least four of them did, and they made a beer and sold it in a four-pack to help out um, the Western New York restaurants. And all, absolutely, I think all of the proceeds from start to finish from the breweries going to the distributor to the distributor to like my store, all the proceeds went to, um, to help restaurants in Western New York who were struggling during COVID. Yeah. I want it to be something that is a problem, but not such a massive problem that it's affecting everybody. Like, let's do a cause for, uh, you know, just general education, just, you know, more money for it teachers and stuff like classrooms you know let's 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 not well, have I'm, another well, i'm not saying i don't, or another I don't want there to be issues that need to be solved i'm just saying i want breweries to come together and be like hey let's let's try to let's help. fight let's fight together yeah, like, for something yeah, yeah. yeah. especially because it's that it's i can totally understand dog out there I, in that brewery world so to see you know everyone kind of supporting each other it's it's beautiful Supporting each other and agreeing upon something like, hey, sunsets are beautiful. Let's all make a beer that's reminiscent of a beautiful sunset. Wow. That'd be fun. That was beautiful, Paul. You know what else is beautiful? Seeing the sunset over our news yes, garden. <laughs> taking a trip out to the news garden at sunset. A uh, couple of news stories coming out. Quick things to talk about. Because um, honestly, I have not paid much attention to the nerd news because, hey... One of my best friends came down to visit, and we went to Galaxy's Edge and made lightsabers, went to Cantina and flew the Millennium Falcon. Uh, and then after that, I had worked, like, every single day because I had three days off in a row. Um, so I was not able to pay attention to too much news. So pretty much everything that we're going to be talking about is pretty recent, uh, including uh, yeah. the news that Scarlett Johansson, a.k.a. Natasha Romanoff, the Black Widow herself, will be producing and starring in Disney's The Tower of Terror movie, which I don't know why they're doing this. They already did one of these starring Steve Gutenberg and Kirsten Dunst in the 90s. Um, I've never seen it, but, I, only but I'm guessing why, why but that's in perfection, because... It's only did, available did at the, the gift shop. No, it actually, it came out, it was on... ABC is part of their Sunday evening like programming block, like the they're like Sunday family Wonderful movie world stuff. Of Disney. Um, and then after that, it was like shunted off to like VHS and DVD. So I've never seen it. I do know it is on Disney Plus. If you do care to watch it, 
But I think the thing that's interesting about this is the it. fact that Disney's doing another attraction-themed movie, and they haven't really done any of these since the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. There's been talk for almost like a decade now of Guillermo del Toro's Haunted Mansion movie, which I don't think we're ever going to get. <laughs> but I do think this speaks volumes to how much they believe in the Jungle Cruise movie that's going to be coming out. Mm-hmm. Maybe this summer? Who knows? I don't believe release dates anymore. Uh, starring The Rock and Emily Blunt because they haven't had the best of luck with attraction movies. Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy was okay. It's not great. It's cheesy, but it's something you can watch on like a rainy afternoon. But of the original Tower of Terror movie, again, starring Steve Gutenberg and Kirsten Dunst on ABC. Um, Country Bear Jamboree, that was a movie that they made. Nobody cared about it or wanted to see it. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's too viable for them to do these kind of things, but I don't know any like early buzz for Chocolate Cruise. I think it looks like a hell of a lot of fun. So maybe... They think this is going to be kind of what breaks that curse of the Black Pearl. See, tied it up. That's how you do uh, it. <clears throat> yeah. uh, so and Chris. this is going to be directed by um, the man who directed Toy Story 4 and also wrote Inside Out, Josh Cooley. Ooh. Paul, so. I believe you're about to make a joke. No, no, I was going to uh, fact check you. It, Tower of Terror is not available on Disney+. It's Plus not, yet. okay. I, I'm on Disney Plus right now. I just because I'm like, oh, I'm going to add it to my queue. Uh, but the country bears are. Don't do it. <laughs> so don't be a hero. Don't. Um, and you can pre-order uh, Black Widow right now. Nice for premiere access. Um, and speaking of premiere access, I didn't do it on premiere access, but uh, Yanni and I actually went to go see Cruella the other night. Ooh. Uh, as soon as it ended, and there is a mid credit scene for those that care about that kind of thing. Uh, no spoilers. I won't say anything. Uh, but as soon as like the lights came back up in the auditorium, and we were like standing up collecting popcorn buckets and M&M bags, I looked over and I was like, so I kind of loved it. It's not great, but it's really cheesy, bad kind of fun. And I was definitely there mm-hmm. for it in a way that I did not expect. Uh, I, I'll, uh, just to <clears throat> dogpile on Chris there, uh, Luca also came out from Pixar on Disney+. Uh, now it's free to watch. Uh, we're going to do that tomorrow night. Uh, I've Ooh. watched the beginning of that movie like four times because my son loves it. And literally, we got to the end of the uh, the end of it, and I said, "Well, do you want to watch Bluey or do you want to watch this?" And he was like, "Luca," and we started it right over from the beginning. And even today, when he was getting his haircut, uh, he's two and a half, and it's his third haircut. He, uh, I put Luca on my phone and handed it to him just so mm. he could buzz his sides and and clean him up and. Uh, he wasn't uh, a little kid in a haircutting chair. So, Paul, chair. how does it feel <laughs> as an adult to have your best friend's kid have more haircuts than you in the past two and a half years? 
I've had in two and a half years. Uh, you know, I think I had I had one. Actually, I had two recently. One was to clean up my hair to see if I could pull off keeping the hair long. And then, you know, then I got a cut. So that was two within a year. So that's pretty good for me. And then he's had he's he's had uh, three within this year. So you got to catch up, old man. <laughs> I'll probably get another one soon. You know, not not right away. It's been what? Uh, it's been over six weeks. And I think it's kind of coming nice. You know, I got my grays showing. I'm good. Hey, gray is a color I can see most of the times. There's other times that I'm looking at gray and I'm like, is that teal? <laughs> Much like the uh, photo that we got from David S. Sandberg for uh, the new Shazam, Fury of the Gods uh, costume photo. Uh, he just put it, put it out there because he didn't want to keep it a secret and he didn't think he could keep it a secret. So we get to see the whole Shazam family. It's re- sporting their uh, Sunday it's best. It's really their hard not best. to say like Marvel family, and I get like why they're trying to make that break between you know the Shazam family and the Marvel universe, in competitors yeah. and all. Um, the costumes look good. They don't look too different from what we actually had in the Shazam film. But Paul, I'm surprised you haven't seen Shazam yet because this is one of the few like Disney cinematic universe films that i've seen and it's actually one that i really enjoy like i i really love this movie um i saw shazam just on a day or evening i had off i was just free for the evening and i was like oh you know what i'm gonna go to disney springs and i'm gonna get myself some some food i'll see what movies available to like go watch while i'm like on my way there Shazam was up, so I was like, "All right, you know, let me go see Shazam," and I, I really dug it. And you know, Fury of the Gods is one that I am looking forward to going to see. So why haven't you seen Shazam? It's got Flynn Rider in it, Paul. I know Eugene Levy from Chuck. Uh, not Eugene Levy. Not Eugene Zachary. Levy. Totally Zachary different. Levi. Zachary Eugene Levy. Levy. Very different. Levi. Oh, so not the guy from Shit's Creek. Oh no. no. <laughs> You know me. I'm horrible at actors' names, and that's going to be the next uh, next quiz that I bring you guys. That's right. I'm going to for the quiz. I'm going to describe a movie with the actor playing a different character that they played before. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, you, you'll need to have an example to set me up for it because I cannot wrap my head around it now. Oh. But why have you seen Shazam? <laughs> Wolverine no. adopts the daughter of Catwoman and this classic musical. She was Poison Ivy. She wasn't Catwoman. No, she was Catwoman. Uma Thurman was Poison Ivy. Yeah, but Uma Thurman isn't in the movie that I'm talking about. Oh! Yeah. It's, it's she minutes. plays the same... Uma Thurman plays... She she plays the same character in Les Mis, but not the based off of the book, not the musical. Sorry, I got my Les Mises mixed up. Guys. Yeah, I apologize. But, but it would be Les Mis. You you would get it right. John Les missed the mark on that one. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm I enjoyed the one with Jeffrey Rush and not. Uh, I Russell do not. In it. 
So sorry. that movie is not the worst musical I've ever seen, but I do not like Russell Crowe in it. But you see what I'm doing there. That's going to be my next question. It's, um, it's going to be a lot of fun. But Paul, uh, I do, a lot of fun. I do want to just... It is a lot of fun. I, it's probably one of my favorite DC movies. But guys, if you're going to open the, our next beer, please step away from your computers. Mine foamed out the top, and I don't want any exploding beers by any expensive... So, Paul already opened his. Paul, did yours fuzz out the top? Oh, well... Okay, but I just did take mine, a sip almost I'll immediately after point I opened mine it. away just to make sure, and I'll do it over the carpet. It's a Marzen, so it shouldn't stain, right? <laughs> it's going to be a deep color. <laughs> I'll be ready to sip. Hey, you got a security deposit. I'd like to have it back. <laughs> <laughs> no, mine's fine. Nothing. All right, yours yeah, fine. No, it didn't. But even yeah, DC. It's. Uh, Shazam is just one of those movies I just haven't gotten around to see, and it hasn't been on any kind of streaming service that I've been subscribed to, so I haven't seen it. So, um, I mean, spoilers for Shazam, because the Shazam family pops up in it. Does seeing these characters in costume kind of be like, oh, like, I I recognize, you know, some, some of these people, like, that maybe they do... Shazam, right? Does it make you want to watch the original one more now that you've seen like the big reveal for the end of the movie when everyone comes together to fight the uh, the Sims? Well, I had that spoiled for me well for well before uh, I think right after the okay. movie came out or something. Somebody's like, "Oh yeah, it's a Shazam family affair" or something like that, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Ah," because that was also a thing in the comic, the newer yeah. comic books as well, like the yeah. very first issue of the this, new. Uh, you can tell Jeff Johns was like. Creative lead at like Warner Brothers Entertainment at this point because it definitely draws a lot from that kind of trials of Shazam. Like, oh, like it's not just Shazam, Mary Marvel. Like, it's they have all the kids in there. Yeah, see, I was expecting more of a trials of Shazam, like a Judd Winnick uh, kind of run. And then when they said, oh, it's a Marvel, you know, the whole Marvel family affair, I'm like, oh, it's Jeff, Ooh. it's Jeff Johns. Okay. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's something I will watch. Uh, you know, I'm got an Apple TV plus membership right now that I'll probably cancel soon. I just need to get finished watching Ted Lasso, which is great. Uh, I just haven't made time for it. Paul, have you watched C yet? With no, Jason with, uh, Momoa? Jason no, I... It looks cool. Season two, two looks even better. Here's the thing. There's just one little hurdle for the Apple TV Plus that I have to jump through. Because Apple TV doesn't let me sign on to Apple TV with my uh, Android phone. Why would they? That's ludicrous. I'm surprised you even tried it. So I can't just cast from my phone. And there's no Apple TV video like app on the android so i can't just load it up from my phone cast it to my TV, but it's also an android so uncle. isn't there like a like back alleyway to do it so what i have to do is i go to my computer load it up on you know chrome and then just cast my chrome you know to the, my 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 computer to the tv mm-hmm. the whole web browser over which is it's just one more step, and I have to turn on my TV, do all that. 
And it's just kind of annoying. It's just not as easy as like just loading up uh, Amazon Prime or anything like that. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I don't, don't want to have too many streaming services going on at the same time. Like I suspended uh, Netflix for the summer. Um, if it wasn't for Ted Lasso, I wouldn't be doing um, Hulu. No, Apple TV oh, Plus. Um, so, See, yeah. I like I saw the preview for season two of C, and I was like, mm-hmm. mm, I might want need to do this because they have a lot of good movies, and there's a couple of like really really interesting TV shows that they have yeah. on that. I, I was trying to use my dad's password, but then again, every time I log in. It's like, oh, you need to put in a verification code. We sent it to your email. And I don't want to call my dad every time I'm doing that and be like, Dad, can you tell me the verification code that just got sent to your phone so I can type it in? Like, they they are pretty strict with uh, the sharing of passwords. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, I just I watched the first like three episodes of Ted Lasso on my dad's account. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I, I want to finish it. So I signed up, you know, and. I need to get just get back to it. There's only eight. Second season's going to start soon. But this isn't in the news garden, guys. Come on. What uh, are we someone doing? else that's probably going to be sitting around watching some streaming shows is Harrison Ford after he has injured his shoulder while rehearsing for a fight scene for Indiana Jones 5. Um, Ooh, that's the, the insurance guys on set were probably like, hey, we told you don't let the 80 year old man. <laughs> do his own stunts, but it, it, it not surprise news garden information. He's been doing them. He's been doing them since the beginning. I mean, Raiders yeah, of the Lost 40 Ark, years ago, which <laughs> look, look, look forward to, uh, Chris and I, uh, reminiscing about, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones movie on one of our upcoming movie fixes. Oh, I'm excited for that. I was excited for it, Did too. He... I thought you would have put it in the Dropbox before he came down on vacation. Uh, maybe next time remind me that I haven't done it because <laughs> I, I put him in there this morning or this afternoon before we jumped on the call. Because uh, Well, you'll hear that soon, guys, because I'll like, put it up Boy, tomorrow. I know Chris has been busy, but uh, I thought he would have put those up. And then I look and I'm like, oh, I never put them in. Why didn't he tell me? It's been two weeks. Uh, it's been two weeks. It's fine. <laughs> I'll put up Loki first since that's one. Uh, that yeah. one's a little bit more time sensitive. Relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's been doing it for all the movies, but also. He broke his foot on. Uh... He, he's now like 78 years old and he hurt himself crashing a plane like. Four years ago, too. He broke his foot on uh, Star Wars, too. It's a man of glass. But, you know, I told you guys a story that I've heard about uh, Born Identity, right? Uh, Matthew Damon and and Tom Cruise. Oh, I told you this story. And... You told me that story? <laughs> I think okay, then. I might have even told it on the podcast. So did Paul tell you the story about what you told him before? <laughs> no. <laughs> have I told the podcast the story? You, of what you go ahead and tell the story. John Let's see if you get it right. Because this is always the best part of Paul telling right. a story he's heard from somebody else. <laughs> so Matt Damon. Damon is, it, it, he goes by Matt Damon. Like, Matt Damon. 
Okay. One one strike against you already, Paul. He's never corrected me. I don't know how Uh, John knows. You just started calling him Matthew Damon. (laughs) He goes by Matt Damon. So Matt Damon. I've literally never Uh, heard anyone refer to him as Matthew Damon. What Matthew Damon and Jeremiah Renner. It's just <laughs> I like that one a little too much. Uh, so Matt Matt Damon, he's uh, starring in the Bourne movies and he wants to do some of his own stunts and he's talking to the producers and they're like, No, the insurance company says absolutely not. We will not pay for you to do stunts if you get hurt. It's not gonna be us. We can't let you do it. He's like, but but Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise. He's a bigger movie star than me. He, he's doing all those stunts. Like, what's the deal? And uh, they're like, well, the insurance company says no. There's nothing we can do. Hands are tied. Uh, years pass, and Matt Damon runs into Tom Cruise at a party or something. And it's like, Tom, big fan, but how do you... How does your insurance company let you do your own stunts? Like I, you know, I'm doing these porn movies. You know, I got a <laughs> coming up, and they won't let me do any of the, my own stunts. He's pitching like, his own on? movies, like he's on Conan to Tom Cruise. Like, oh, I got another one coming out. Uh, we got a clip, <laughs> and it's smacking me. Just can just I can I just interrupt like, real quick uh, before Paul ruins the punchline? Because what it is is. Matthew Damon wants to do his own. He wants to do this one stunt. They won't let him. And he's like, oh, all right, fine, whatever. And then he sees a Mission Impossible movie and he sees that he's allowed to do like Tom Cruise does his own stunt. Yeah. You know, he's attached to the side of a plane as it takes off. And then he goes up to Tom Cruise at a party and he's like, Dude, the stunt where you're on the plane, it's amazing. How did they allow you to do it? He goes, oh, yeah, it was great. It was great. So uh, I said I wanted to do it. The insurance guy said I wouldn't. he wouldn't let us do it. So I said, no, I'm going to do it. And he's like, no, we can't do it. So I got a new insurance agent, and they let me do it. <laughs> what was it? That's it. I, yeah. That's it. See, I was going to say, uh, so, yeah, my first insurance agent, Said no, so I fired him. And I got See, a new even one. then, said it yes. was like my first insurance agent said no, my second said yes. <laughs> tr- tr- keep it trim. Trim it down, Paul. Okay. Paul, Paul was pretty, pretty close. close. There. Can't do it. I love that. It. I think that's pa- that passes. You need, to build, you need to build scaffolding for the story to rest on. Otherwise, yeah. it all comes yeah. crushing down. It's all built on the blood of Zenu. Uh, um, and speaking about building things up, John, this next beer that we have. God damn this coaster. They keep sticking to the bottom of my cans. So whenever I pick up the can, like it's like, oh, coaster with it. And then it drops because of the um, condensation. Um, the one thing I do, I, one other thing I have for the news garden was... Um, well, excuse me. Um, did we talk about the fact that Kevin Feige confirmed that uh, John Watts was going to be directing and I believe uh, co-writing or writing the Fantastic Four movie? Did we talk about you know, that? It seemed like yeah, seemed we like, did months ago when it when it happened. It seemed like new news to me. Yeah, no, that was yeah, but also 
This is so early in the development of that movie that I do not trust any directors <laughs> being attached to a, movie, a Marvel movie. Like, you know, it's happened too many times where, oh, that director's uh, gone. Ah, I, that director's I think gone. He, he'll be doing it, especially since he probably won't be doing any more Spider-Man movies for Marvel. So, yeah, that uh, seems right. But, John, this Thin Man beer. So, I have a... Dash Shoutin' Fest? Uh, uh, um, sorry, I'm trying to think of the owner of Thin Man's name. Uh, I can't think of it, but it's a playoff of his. It's Thin a playoff Manius. of his man. Uh, Schutzen Fest, Das Schutzen's Fest. Okay. This is an Imperial Marzen aged in rye barrels. Uh, as soon as I poured it into my glass and I took a sniff, I was like, ooh, like that's delightful. You get that. That sweetness. So I opened up the other can that didn't uh, foam out the top like the other one did, and this beer tastes a little, a little bit better. Uh, the other one had a little bit of a tartness, which makes me think there was something possibly infected in it. That's why I also asked you guys not to open it over your computers in case it was infected. Um, but yeah, so this is a M- Imperial Marzen, which I didn't know existed, aged in rye whiskey barrels, coming in at nine point two. And yeah, this is a really nice barrel-aged beer of a beer that shouldn't be barrel-aged yeah. and also probably should have... I bought this beer in September. <laughs> probably should have uh, drank it then, but um, almost a year on mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's it's nine it's months up well. old. I don't know if it's... It's all nice rye barrel yeah. flavor, guys. Like, that's what I'm getting from it. I two is not as much as I would expect it to be it. based off of, like, that rye-like barrel aging. But I'm getting big, like, Boulevard rye on yeah. rye hits from mm-hmm. this because it's it's dangerous. Like, <clears throat> I poured it into my glass, like I said, but then there's, like, a little bit left in the can that didn't fit. So, like, that's what I've sipped so far. And I'm like, I just want to keep going back to it, but... I have to like leave as soon as I finish talking to go get my girlfriend from work, so I can't drink as much of this as I want to right now because this yeah, is fantastic. You shouldn't even take another sip. Don't do it. Mm. Ooh, dangerous mm. man! Just like that nice, like rye, like that caramel sweetness. Yeah, to it's it. really nice. I've I've been I've been sitting on drinking this beer because I meant to mail these beer to you in October, Chris. And I got them to you in June because I'm bad friend. <laughs> I, uh, it, it happens. No, no, you're yeah. just, no, you're just bad at logistics. Hey, logistics. Hey, are, I, I had them uh, in those, those Ninja Turtle beers, those are from January, <laughs> and you guys are just getting them now. So I happens. had them in a box to mail to you for nine months. Like, it's not a big deal. Um those beers had a baby. One exploded in my house, one exploded in Chris's car. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably shouldn't have happened. But uh, <laughs> Bye, baby! <laughs> uh, but no, this I, this beer, it, it still holds up. I'm looking, I'm hoping they do this again this year so I can try it fresh and um, see. I don't, I honestly don't know if I would want to try it, like, fresh. I mean, I'm sure it's fine, but, like, this it's, is... I, it, yeah, it is. Everything is there that you want it to be there. But if I think if it was 
the rye was a little stronger or the marzen was a little stronger there could be some things that have like mellowed out on it but i'd like to i'd like to know in a way but uh yeah this is very good well yeah i i'm really enjoying it like i said it just tastes like i'm just getting all big rye barrel flavors and that's not a bad thing like hey i'm here for it and that's going to take us into the list of comic books that we are looking forward to coming out june 23rd and i don't know about you paul i don't know about me either because i know this that we are both looking forward to checkmate number one written by brian michael bendis and art by alex maleev great team up they they did some great stuff. Yeah. They worked on was it Powers that they worked on together? No, wait, sorry, wait. who is it? Did they? Because that was Omni. That no. was uh, what, oh, was Omni? Oming, sorry. Sorry. Omni. I wasn't listening. Oh. What was it? Oming, uh, Oming, yeah. Oming. But Alex Maliev and uh, Brian Michael Bendis have worked before together. Oh, Daredevil, that's the one. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, they're coming back together. Oh, it even says right here. Oh, they they worked on uh, Event Leviathan together for DC. And uh, yeah, this is teaming up uh, The Question, Talia al Ghul, and uh, Green Arrow and other spy masters coming together. Uh, main reason is I saw Mr. Bones on the cover, and I love a Mr. Bones story. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to checking out uh, Checkmate number one. Um, because I've enjoyed Checkmate stuff in the past, and I kind of love the back-dealing spy stuff that this could tie into. It does seem like a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the Checkmate limited run that came out after, what, what was it, uh, the Infinite OMAC? Crisis. Infinite Crisis kind of area. Yeah, Infinite Crisis. Uh, uh, you know, this is a book that I'm excited to, to see is coming back over at DC. So, and Brian Michael Bendis, you know, can do this kind of book just like Greg Rucka did back in the day. So, yeah. See where this goes. Very excited, but not as excited as I am to see what happens in the 1970s for the Fantastic Four and Fantastic Four Life Story number two. Uh, yeah, this is continuing off of... Uh, the life story for the Fantastic Four, which is kind of like uh, what they did with Spider-Man uh, a few years back, or maybe a year back, where they basically like, oh, let's just take Spider-Man and actually age him through the Marvel Universe, like through the 1950s, 60s, 70s, you know, and so on. Uh, so here was the second issue. Now they're in the 70s. Uh, Sue is uh, got more involved in the women's rights movement. And Reed is more and more obsessed about this kind of weird creature known as Galactus that is feeding off plants out in the universe. Um, and, you know, it's just a family story. And it's just the Fantastic Four being the Fantastic Four. Uh, so I'm there for it. Um, nice. I really liked the first one. I thought it was a really good retelling of their origin. But... I was going to make you guys read it because, you know, it's just a retelling of their origin. But a good re-origin telling something that's worth it's, talking I about. Think, I think it's worth a read, but I'm a Fantastic Four fan, so anything Fantastic Four, I'm kind of like, oh, guys, it's worth a read. 
So it's there. I own it. I own this book as well. I bought it today. If you guys are slightly interested in it, go ahead, check it out. But didn't they just do this with the grand design? Didn't they do a grand design Fantastic Four? That was two issues and not and and really quick, I guess. I don't know. I don't remember it. Was Grand Design the X Men Grand Design? I know they did a Fantastic Four one. They did the X Men Grand Design. I think they did. But didn't they do a Fantastic Four one? We read a lot of shit. Yeah, and I don't. I don't mean that like more spread out. I mean like we just read a lot of comics. This is more spread out and more like the Spider Man one that they did. So you know they had the X Men one they did. Now they're doing the. And the Spider-Man one they did, and now they're doing the Fantastic Four. So, there you go. Chris. Yes, I'm Chris. When you're uh, ready. And I'm looking forward to a book that I've read two issues of now. You guys have read one. Paul, you'll be reading a little bit more in a moment. Uh, And this is Robin number three coming out from uh, DC Comics. I'm really digging Damian Wayne on this island where he's fighting against some of the other top martial artists and kind of just being humbled a little bit. Because maybe he doesn't know everything. Maybe he doesn't have all the answers. Uh, and I also like the fact that, you know, we got back into comics in the early 2000s. Uh, they're playing with Connor Hawk, a.k.a. the son of Oliver Queen in this book. And I'm just happy that he still exists because they literally could have just wiped him from existence at some point And I would not have noticed. But the fact that he's appearing in this book makes me be like, Oh, yeah, I liked Connor as, like, the monk daughter of Oliver Queen and Shadow, like, Green Arrow. Like, I liked that run because when I was going back into collecting, like, the comics I missed out on and I was buying all the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern issues, there were crossovers with Connor and Kyle where it's like, well, hey, like, our previous incarnations were buddies and used to travel around and do stuff. Best friends? Uh, and I liked that dynamic a lot because they <laughs> literally just don't know each other, don't care to. Uh, and Connor's cool. So, yeah. Glad he's around. I'm pretty sure Connor pops up <clears throat> so. every 10 years. Somebody's like, I, I like this character. I want to bring him up but he'll pop up here. He'll be here for like one or two issues. Then he goes away and it'll be another 10 years. Cause Chris, I feel the same way. I mean, inside baseball, Chris and I chipped in together to buy a huge green lantern comic book lot back in the like 2001, 2002 era. And um, we split the books. We, read all the books to get like basically together and then we said all right well this is where we'll draw the line so yeah i i read those books basically the same time you did chris which was probably five years after they were written but yeah i love when connor pops up i i enjoy that character i enjoyed when he was green lantern or green arrow and uh yeah it's it's been interesting, and you said that I haven't read issue two, but I will let you know, <laughs> no, sir, I read half I of issue right. two. <laughs> Paul, uh, have you read issue two? Yeah. Well, you're no. about to. No, not even not even half. And now, 
<laughs> a dramatic reading from Robin number two, page 11, panel three. But Hawk, he's good. Real good. Super quiet. And fast. Slice! That's going to leave a mark, eh? That was a dramatic reading from Robin, number two, page 11, panel three. Don't you get that Connor Hawkness from it, man? Aren't you hyped? I, uh, aren't you proud of Chris that uh, 30 seconds before he put that up that I went, oh, I, re- I realized when Paul was reading? talking about his book, I was like, ooh. We never discussed this pre-show. Let me look. And I was like, oh, it's me. Yeah. I can do this while Paul's talking. And as soon as like I saw your message, I was like, I already got it. Uh, no, I did, the same, I did the exact same thing, Chris. So like that's why I texted you, like, Chris, dramatic reading for we Paul. We like, do that pre-show. Oh, yeah, I didn't even realize it was from two different people. I'm like, oh, Chris, dramatic reading for Paul. There it is. That's, that's what I'm reading. Usually we're a little bit more on top about it. But, you know, this weekend, our pre-show stuff, we were just talking about, like, hanging out and the stuff that John and I got to do when he came down to visit. So we glanced over some of the, the regular, regular role that we do. Um, do you guys, do you guys have your next beer open? Are you ready to go? Uh, I'm skipping my next beer because so, I have to work tomorrow and, uh, you know, I'm up on ladders and stuff. Johnny, so I, and I I using power in your hand. And also I, I'm, I didn't have an extra one of these to give to Paul. Uh, but this is from Community Beer Works. And guys, if you noticed in our break, I did a costume Ooh. change. And I put on my Community Beer Works sweatshirt. Also a hoodie. Uh, and this is Community Beer Works Black is Beautiful Imperial Stout. Coming in at 9.5%. And again, uh, brewed to support justice and equality with the people for the people of color. Hosted by uh, Weathered Souls Brewing out of San Antonio, Texas. And this beer does not hold up to no. And I'm surprised by Prison that. City, and because I think, and I, I mean, basically, they've brewed an imperial imperial stout. They haven't listed whether or not this beer, they added anything to it, but I think they brewed an Imperial Stout going off the recipe. Maybe some slight changes there. They didn't add anything extra. Uh, and that's like what I kind of gathered from the other versions of it I had, where like, there was a base recipe and then Prison City, or sorry, Weather Souls invited people like, hey, do what, do what you want with it, but this is like the base of the beer. And I think... Community Beer Works did just like, oh, this is the beer. Let's do that. And they might have used like a different malt or something with it. Um, this is probably the closest to the sideward version of it. But I still think the sideward version was like a little bit sweeter. And I don't know. Again, it was something I had months and months and months ago. Like maybe even like coming up to a year. I don't know. Time has no meaning in the Corona. And this, and this is um, this is aged probably just as long, or maybe longer than the Thin Man beer. Um, 
But yeah, it's just yeah, it's an okay beer, but it's nothing. No, it's, it's nothing good. I want to go I crazy. I would have liked for them to do something um, a little bit different with it. Um, I'm not going to fault it for what it is because yes, it's definitely an imperial stout. It's going towards a good cause, and again, every brewery that did one of the variations of this beer was donating the proceeds from it to a local charity to support or uh, lift up like the like black communities in their area. Um, so yeah, I applaud them for doing this, but I wish they had done something different because I feel bad saying a brewery I had never heard of before tonight drinking their version of this is better than the community beer works version. It's not bad, but yeah, it's just, it's an Imperial style. Um, and yeah. So on their, on their site, they say our version of black and beautiful balances, alcohol notes, roasted bitterness, a delicious dark chocolate flavors and a velvety warming smooth beer. And then their proceeds go to the Michael Jackson Foundation, which is a grant-making organization to fund scholarship awards to black, indigenous, and people of color within the brewing and distilling trades. Um, this was started by Garrett Oliver, who is the longtime brewmaster of uh, that's actually uh, where Brooklyn Brewery. I want to say it was the Sidewards version of this went to as well, because as soon as you said, I was like, ah, I've... I've had a beer that's also donated towards that too. So I'm not, I'm not going to fault them, but it does seem like they just took the recipe. And I was like, okay, yeah, we will make that beer. Yeah. in you know, yeah, maybe they might use different hops or different malts or what, what have you. But yeah, th- I mean, I think there's nothing wrong with this beer. I think fresher this beer probably would be better. It's definitely very the roasty notes, the chocolate notes, all of that have kind of tapered off on it. Um, it's not bad, but it's not good, and it's to the sense where I'm like. Well, I could open something else, right? If you want. I mean, we still have our main topic ahead of us. I don't... I'm good. Like, I'm in for the night now. Yeah. Like, these are all pretty big boys. They're all over 9%. So, like, I'm, I'm, I am might have, like, a all-day vacay, like, winding down after the show, like, when I'm eating some pizza. But... Yeah. Well, I was we just saying we could skip this here, talk Chris, about it, and, and you and I could... It, it's pizza, but not for Papa well, John's. No, never Papa John's. They're not anymore, us. guys. I mean, how, mu- how, how much did I you mean, drink? I didn't drink much of this. I I still have my Dutch uh, Fest in front of me, which mm-hmm. Yanni... I will say, Yanni yeah, drank so, half of so what so I had so it? I think that gets her stamp of approval. I'm just saying... I'm just saying, we can open up a Founders. I drank the maple fudge maple already. Fudge, it was really good. Oh, I've been. S- oh, I haven't. I haven't it. had I it yet. I've been saving it. and drinking. I, I drank it literally. I think it was yesterday because <laughs> I was. I went to the fridge because I was like, I want something. I want to enjoy my afternoon. And then I saw that and I was like, Yeah, I deserve a maple fudge. So crack it. I can talk about it. All right, well, I'm going to go do Wait, that. right now? Let's get into our main topic. 
<laughs> what? You Ugh, just need a beer. Main topic. I want to drink a beer. We can drink a beer after we get through a little bit more of the show, guys. We've been recording for 52 minutes. Come on. I got to work tomorrow. You know, there's stuff. And there's Black Panther. There is. Wait, there's, there's, there's stuff? There's always stuff. In fact, when I buy Oreos, I always make sure there's double of that stuff. Oh, man, have you had the new Oreos with the Pop Rocks in it and the creamier cream? They put that out every year for the 4th of July. I haven't had those. They've been doing it for like four years, bud. This is... This is tied in with... Ooh, so maybe one. four years ago they This had. has got the American flag and the Olympic symbol on the okay, cookie. Well, that's fine, but... The cream is red, white, and blue. Yeah. And it's a cre- it's a creamier cream. Well, okay, well, maybe that is a little bit newer, but they've been putting a Pop Rocks in the, fudge, in, in, the uh, in the cream for at least four years uh, with the fireworks. Right. Well, yeah. John... Four years... I'm, Boy, where have I I know where you've been, I'm okay with heading into the main topic and you talking about another beer that I can also talk about with you. So I'm going to set up where we're heading. So go run, get it. Because, guys, we're heading into the main go topic right now, which is the 18th part of our great Marvel movie retrospective, where we are going through all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, watching these movies again with what we know now. After 10 years of cinematic golden goodness uh, with what's came before, what's come after, and kind of looking at these movies through a new lens. Uh, Part 18, though, we're talking about 2018's Black Panther, directed by Ryan Coogler, uh, starring Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa, a.k.a. the Black Panther. Um, This movie was something of a phenomenon when it came out because... It was touted as, like, one of the first Marvel Cinematic Universe, like, African-American black superheroes. And those nebbish nerds were like, well, actually, we had Blade in 1998. Yeah, but that's removed from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, you know, mm-hmm. delineations. It This is, like, that big first solo movie. And this movie hit really hard. Um, something we've talked about before when we actually talked about Civil War, because this movie takes place one week after Captain America Civil War. Uh, we already got to see T'Challa have his introduction in that movie, and now we get mm-hmm. to see kind of that heavy is the head that wears the crown uh, moment for him, where he's now accepted the role of not just Black Panther, but also King. And one of my big sticking points for this movie before was how stripped down the T'Challa we get in this is versus that Civil War version of it. And one of the things that I actually looked up, because we do see him step into that role in Captain America Civil War. But it seems like he's already good, ready to go. Uh, apparently, at this point, he's already been operating as Black Panther, just not as King, because mm-hmm. his father, T'Chaka, has kind of aged out of that role. So while he was still King, 
he was no longer the Black Panther, T'Challa stepped into it. And all of this was actually told in a comic book kind of prequel, like premiere issue leading into Captain America Hmm. Civil War that I didn't read because I never bought any of those comics because I was like, I know who these characters are. I don't need an introduction to them. But apparently sometimes those little story beats do matter. Uh, and I missed that one. I can understand missing that one because T'Challa is kind of like an empty suit. You know, he's just got the superhero suit on there and he's just after vengeance for his dead dad. Like, in Civil War, like, what is his purpose other than being in the background? Just kind of like being like this little side nudge, little side thorn. I, I, you know, other than so coming out of Civil War, Black Panther was one of my favorite things from that movie, and then even on repeated viewings, and then going back to rewatch it for this show and for like these segments, going into I'm like, man, like the Black Panther stuff is so good, and then I remember watching this movie where my initial viewing of it. I came out of being like, well, they strip him down so much. I care about everyone else in that movie more than I do Black Panther. Well, I I think the problem with this is you got to just see Black Panther. And in this, it's now creating the world of Wakanda and introducing all the characters that are going to be in this. And then also... Michael B. Jordan is so charismatic <laughs> as Warmonger. You are I mean, he really is. He steals. He steals the show. You're jumping so far ahead. I, I traded him. I, I have so many. I, I know, but I'm just saying, like that. Those are the things. Why? And I think if you didn't have as charismatic, you you got the biggest mistake Marvel has ever done was one killing off Ulysses Claw because. I just think he's just fantastic and I want more of him. And then just Michael B. Jordan in this movie. So you have these two villains that are just popping. They're just great. And then you have Black Panther, T'Challa, having to then like play against these characters. And they're just so kind of big and over the top. And he's playing it so low key that it's a disservice to Chadwick Boseman because Chadwick Boseman is charismatic actor. Oh, he, he, when I watched this movie the first time, yeah, I was a little drunk, but I'm like, Oh, this is how they get away with the whole Captain America. Chris Evans is only signed up for X amount of movies and they're done. Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman, is the new Captain America. He's, I know he's from Wakanda and whatever, but you know, he's that character. He's the, no, I will not move. (laughs) Even though the whole world's telling me to move, I'm not going to move. Like I'm going to do what's right. And he's there. And this whole movie basically uh, turns on the like, okay, do I respect what my father's wishes and do what's right by him or do what's right by my people? And who are my people? Yeah. Like, 
and that's a huge question. Like, okay, where do I actually come from? Do I come from my father or do I come from something that's greater than me? You know, something even bigger than my father and me, this whole lineage. Um, yeah, I hate that they killed uh, Michael B. Jordan. He, he was great as Warmonger. I used to own a t-shirt. I didn't actually own it. But, you know, the t-shirt that said Magneto mm-hmm. was right. I think Warmonger kill, is right. Kill, Killmonger. It's a new t-shirt. Like, that's the one you should sell. Or yeah. Killmonger, not Warmonger. Uh, Killmonger is right. Like, no, yeah. And, no, and that's the thing, because you cannot fault him, because he's an antagonist. He's not a villain in this movie, because he states his platform, and like, no, I get that. Like, you are a descendant from this, you know, country in Africa that's like hiding its true potential, like to the entire world. And they have the means and the resources to change how literally everyone lives, but they're just playing it safe. Like they're like, no, we, we protect our people. We stick to our own. Like that's what we do. And that's kind of what the crux of this movie is. And it's T'Challa learning that lesson. Like, we can't just stick to our own people because we have a greater responsibility and it takes him confronting like Killmonger that leads him to like, no, like so so much rides on that. And there's that moment where he's regaining the powers of the black Panther and he's, heading to the ancestral plane to talk to his father and his father like literally tells him like you're a good man but a good man can't be a good king and like he has to learn that lesson a really fucking hard way to kind of learn and grow and take not just himself but like Wakanda literally to the world and John, you you did the like, oh, thoughts, I have a thing to say, finger I, I, up. And and here's the thing is T'Challa and War uh Killmonger are not that different. T'Challa takes a man, throws him out of a car, and he's then run over by the car being driven by his sister. Like they have no problem killing. And basically instead of just arming war dogs and arming an army to then take over the world instead of doing that in the end he chooses to educate the world give them give them the resources that they have and the technology to save people to help people to create outreach places where they can then help educate or bring people up to speed It's the same, it's almost the same plan, but instead of arming the people with guns, they're trying to arm them with education and technology. So, again, like, Killmonger isn't wrong. They need to arm these people, but it's what they're trying to arm them with is where he Mm kind of has that that little difference between the two. And... I'm glad you brought that up because it's something that I do want to talk about, but this is also jumping through like half the movie to get to that point because it's when Killmonger travels to Wakanda and he kind of stakes his claim 
to the throne, and then he ultimately beats T'Challa and is able to like step into the role of king, where he takes the the heart shaped herb and has his kind of flashback or like dalliance into the ancestral realm. When T'Challa does it, he sees like you know that vast savanna. There's all the Black Panthers hanging out in the trees, and like he's walking up to them, like he's part of the bigger picture. And then he talks to his dad just about the missteps and everything that they've done. When it happens with Killmonger, you see all that in the background. It's through the windows of that Oakland apartment where everything happened, where his father was killed. And he's still seeing it through the lens of that scared little kid that lost everything in that room. And it, and go ahead. And his father also realizes that he failed his son yeah. because at the end he starts crying like he's like, I wasn't there to give this kid the right points. He he's missed out. And, you, you, and, you you can read all of that into. And him. when he's like talking to him about it, you've never seen kid, a like, sunset again. Like his child, you know, Kilmore is like not everyone dies, and it's just that like that break in him that's like, yeah, he he never got that full experience, and then you completely understand when Chichal like then gets the powers again, like when he's rescued by M'Baku, which fucking low-key all-star in this movie, like coming out of it, I'm, <laughs> I'm so glad we get more of M'Baku later on. Um, <laughs> but when he comes back and he's like, war, no, yeah. like, you, like, you made missteps. Like, you had the chance to bring this kid back, but you didn't. And then, like, when his father's like, well, I was looking out for our people. And that's kind of that moment for T'Challa. It's like, we have a greater responsibility. And that's, again, on that rewatch, I'm like, no, this is that moment for him as not just a character, but as that king. Like, that was the moment that was like, he's coming out of. Because there's glimpses of that same T'Challa from uh, Civil War that you see like there's that strength there but so much of this movie is building up his like side cast of characters and it's always been my biggest complaint I love everyone else in this movie so much more than I love Black Panther that I kind of fault the movie for that but I shouldn't because there's such a great group of characters that come out of this that when you see them pop up in something else, you're like, fuck yeah, Dora Milaje, like, let's go. Uh, yeah, and even, like, um, us from Jordan Peele has the the Gorilla King and um, T'Challa's love interest. I'm sorry, I can't remember their names uh, at this moment, but, like... Uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Mbake. Uh, uh, they're, they're the leads of that movie together. Like, they're... They're, they're back together in that. Uh, and it's and, uh, Lupita Nyong'o as Nakia and Winston Duke as M'Baku. And sadly, I mean, we do have to to just mention this. Is I, like, really, this I really was, didn't want to. Like, uh, we would have to. We would get to it, but yeah. 
Yeah, but this this movie this movie is was based this, on him living. This this was the setup to create this world. And when you like you said, you see these characters one in other things, but also when you see them in the other Avengers movies that followed this, you're happy to see them. You know that world. You are excited to see them. And sadly, now with Chadwick Boseman passing away, like. You don't have him continuing on this story, and it's 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 very sad. Uh, the whole circumstances of everything, and how that, as a man and an actor, he continued to push through this terminal disease that he had with this positive outlook. Um, it, it it's very sad, and to see that you know we're going to get a new another movie, and that it is going to not have someone just recasting him and it's going to be someone else maybe taking up that mantle and how they're going to do it. And there's a laundry list of ways that you can say they're going to do it. But there's a lot of characters in this that you could say, well, I would follow her or I would follow him. And whether it be some way they bring back Michael B. Jordan and him actually being a more a positive than a negative than than how he viewed the world, uh, or if it's you know the woman that T'Challa loved coming in, or the female general who led those brigades coming there, or his sister, like any of those people could do our the Gorilla King, like any of those characters could step into that mantle and because they had this movie to introduce you and for you to like them, Mm -hmm. I'd be fine with any of them coming in or however they choose to do it. Like as long as it's not Bilbo Baggins. Uh, So, all right, well, let's don't, don't let Bilbo Baggins become the next black Panther. That would be bad. All right. We, we've talked a lot about this, but I think it's time to like start getting into like the nitty gritty, like, moving through the plot and how this feeds into and draws from the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because uh, right from the get-go, this movie starts off with a flashback to Oakland, California, 1992. 1992. That, that I was, was there to set the, set the tone, guys. That's the Oakland sound effects, right? <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Living by a fire station <laughs> has its uh, benefits. Uh, but right from the get-go, we learn that... What's really funny is I was there for a for like a weekend. I didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> but you also oh, were drunk. It had, we, yeah, we spent a lot of time like Disney and breweries, so it happens. Uh, but in 1992, we get that flashback, and we learn that Ulysses Claw, a.k.a. Andy Serkis, has stolen like a ton of vibranium from Wakanda. Uh, which then again does come back from Age of Ultron in the future, but we saw this like three, four movies ago, uh, where he's still selling off that stock that he's got. Uh, and then, Sean, like you said, like I feel like it was a disservice to that character as a villain because he's so there in all of his like scene chewing goldenness that he's a He's a good villain. I I like Andy Serkis. I love that he is over the top. I, as you said, like he's chewing the scenery. He's 
his his men are pulling him out of the casino because he's just like, uh, did you see that? I I, I, shot, I shot him. I shot him. Like, did you see that? He's missing his arm because it was like removed by Ultron, and now he's got his cool weird laser like sonic it, gun thing. Just like even you know, the CIA has him. He's tied up to a chair handcuffed and duct taped and he's singing baby don't hurt me like he's so over the top and great and like when originally in matt reeves batman and they were saying like oh he's he's been cast they think he's going to be penguin i was like oh him as penguin i'd love another villain from this guy and then when they said he's alfred i'm like Let's see what he can do with Alfred, because he is such a great, he is a great actor. He's so removed from things, like that, you know, he did all the motion work in for the, for the, the, um, King Kong, but uh, the, um, the planet, Uh, the the planet movies, and Caesar, and Caesar, the, Whoever the, you know, I don't think Caesar's throughout all of them, but but through those movies, Gollum. Um, he, I actually think I I actually think his um, Jungle Book movie is actually really good on Netflix. Have you guys watched that? Hmm. I haven't because it nope. seemed like to be competing with the Disney Jungle Book from John Favreau, and that movie is just. It's so good. Like, it just, it works so well. Like, and Nut Sands is one of my favorite of the Disney. So, Scarlett. Yeah, Scarlett J. Hanson. So, he was actually making that movie before Disney. When Disney heard they were doing it, that's when they announced they were making theirs and they rushed it through and got it out before. Disney rushed up, though. That. Uh, I love it. Disney wrote uh, Jeffrey Josh job. That's uh, um, pirate. <laughs> Jeffrey Rush job. That's a Bar- that's a Barbosa reference. And Paul, that's a Barbosa. Paul, you get a nod for that one. That's good. But even <laughs> John made one earlier. But he's someone who's like he gets hired for a movie, and like he got hired for the Charlize Theron. Um, Seth Rogen movie and he's hired to play this character and he'd go through like three hours of makeup that they didn't hire him to be in makeup, but he created this character that he spent three hours in makeup to then be, but because he chose to do that, it's a better performance. It's a better, everything is better about that. So I'm, I just think that guy makes really smart choices when he is doing characters. So even, but also very weird for the knocked up sequel. Very weird. <laughs> Even Charlie's there and not Kristen Heigl. But it's it's okay. It was close enough. It was pretty good I that know. he knew. Did you have to look that one up, Paul, or did you actually come up with it? Oh, you got you got it. Nope. Yeah. Got Seth it. Rogen's only been in two it movies in Paul's mind. So what's the other chance. Seth Seth Rogen movie? There's. Oh yeah, there you... <laughs> with the Green Goblin. Um, but there's moments like when I'm yeah. listening to him as Claw, I'm like, is he just doing with that 
just doing that with his voice or is his voice just so fried from doing like the Gollum Smeagol voice that that's what he sounds like now. And I don't know, but it works for the character. So I absolutely love it. Um, it, but also after that flashback, we get a lot of introduction to Wakanda and what is, because at this point, like it's just been sold off as that reclusive, uh, African nation and us as that Marvel cinematic universe viewer, we know really like there's a lot more going on there, but it's a lot more look into who T'Challa is as a character via the other people in his life. Like Forrest Whitaker as his like kind of uncle, not real uncle, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of like almost Godfather Zuri, his sister Shuri, uh, Angela Bassett as his mother, uh, Lupita Nyong'o as Nakia, his ex, who's who really steals the show. Yeah. Like, well, I would. Oh, yeah, she, she's fucking badass. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's awesome. Like, she's very attractive. She's like, yeah, I would freeze uh, if I had to. Also, like Danny Gurai as Okoye, the head of the Dormelage, which. It's hard for me to like contemplate and like realize that that's Michonne Walking from Dead. The Walking Dead because like there's such like a great difference between those characters, even though it's the same actor. Like it takes that like moment where I need to think like, oh, separate the actor from the acting. Like absolutely fantastic and. Koi has so many great moments, not just in this movie, but even like later on in Infinity War. That, like, she just embodies everything about the Dormelage, and I love all of it. But this is where this movie starts to kind of like lose me because I, again, I care about everyone else so much more. Like, when he's there to like, break up that like arm stealing ring or whatever it is. And then Naki is like, no, I'm, I'm a spy. I had this, like, what are you doing here? I'm like, mm, I believe her more. Like, like she knows what's up. Yeah. But Black Panther's there to keep a promise to his friend. But then also he's like, like he's mm. like there, he needs to catch Kang claw, not Kang, uh, claw. But also he, he Little lands her and he's like, you know, my dad died, and she's like, all right, I'll go back to a condo with you. Yeah. Uh, Letitia Wright, though, as Shuri's kind of a breakout, too. Because uh, mm-hmm. there's just such a breath of fresh air. And she's such a break from everything else that we learn and know about Wakanda at this point, where she's, just, you know, that kind of like wunderkind like diamond in the rough. She's their, their Tony Stark pretty much at this point. Yeah. Uh, but she's, you're only a genius here on earth there. Tony. But she's also like, I, I, I don't know how old she's supposed to be portrayed in this movie, but she's, you know, quote unquote kid. Like she's making mean references. Like she's like recording T'Challa, like falling on his face. Like she's making pun jokes with the sneakers like she's just kind of I feel the point of entry character more than anything else because she's the most like 
again, she's a super genius. She's the most normal of all the characters, which makes her like very approachable and likable. Uh, and when we first saw this movie, and I think we recorded a podcast about it, uh, Paul's point of view was like the meme stuff. The what are those? Like that's not gonna hold up. And three years later. I remember that because Paul said it wasn't yeah. going to hold up. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> three years later. Mm. Because I up? slightly remember Paul pointing in that out is the only reason I probably remember that. And again, like, no, but Paul, that's the thing is you're you're right. The only reason I remember <laughs> yeah. that joke is because you pointed out that that's right. not going to be memorable in three years. You know? Mm-hmm. So... I was thinking that you're like, oh, Paul, since you made mention, it makes it no, work. No, 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 no. Therefore, it's, you're it's wrong, the, You're Paul. right. The so only reason I remember it is because you pointed out that it's not going to be memorable. And it, it isn't. Yeah. For the time, it's – for the time, is it worth that joke right. where people are going to laugh in the theater versus down the road are people going to be like – I show this to my son in five years because I'm going through all the Marvel movies with him because he's six years old and he has a brain that functions and is going to understand how great this is. He's not going to get any of those. He's not going to get that joke. I I do think it might work, though, because, yes, at that point it was done as like a meme joke. But it's kind of done with sincerity because after she says it, he puts his feet up and he's like, my badass oh, desert sandals. These are my sandals. <laughs> like, he's like, Oh, I thought, I'd, you know, <laughs> pay homage to everyone that came before me. Like with these, like, <laughs> I think there's enough work around it that it could still just be kind of funny because as a person with weird, big, gross feet, sandals are terrible. Like, so anytime, like you're making a joke about people's feet, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Peter, you got to you got to start going Crocs, baby. But that oh god, no. That Vine joke was already like 5 years old when that movie came out. Like that was a it was it was on Vine. Nobody remembers Vine. Nobody's going to remember TikTok as they listen to uh, this episode. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll wait and see. When I'm watching TikTok videos on my YouTube doing... and on my Instagram. True. I mean, that's true. Uh, but all of this lead up and introduction into this world and these characters ultimately leads us to a deal that's going to be going down in South Korea uh, between Ulysses Claw and uh, General Everett Ross coming back from Captain America Civil War, uh, Martin Freeman. And I have to say, Martin Freeman in these movies, it does seem like he's having a lot of fun. And that kind of makes me like the character more than just that kind of in over his head dude that's like, oh, well, I thought it was going to be this, but now here I am in Wakanda and I'm along for the ride. It, it seems like he's just having a blast. 
like play in Everett Ross, even in Captain America Civil War, when he's like trying to like play like the big man. It's like, yes, please, yes, act out. I, I dig <laughs> it. Please do. Yeah. yeah. I don't really want to go scene by scene because that'll take oh, too no, long. I'm, I'm just saying. We've been recording for an saying, hour like, and a half. It's, but it's, 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 it's ever the reintroduction in, and then ultimately, of like, this character yeah. that we saw from. He he is our fish out of the water. He is our audience pick. He's, hey, we're white people. We're all white on the show. And then all of a sudden he's dropped into this country after this, you know, heist. And he's like, wait, no, Africa isn't supposed to be as advanced. Like, but what's going on? How? We've actually what? already seen like, it. We're like, we're not just following him through it. We've already been there and seen how advanced it is. Guys, I, I got notes about this, and that's why it's important too. Because at this point, the world thinks Wakanda is just this like third world nation. It's like the poorest country in Africa that they have nothing. But Everett Ross knows what's up because he knows their king is the Black Panther and the only reason he's being quiet is because T'Challa turned Zemo over to them after he captured him at the end of Captain America Civil mm-hmm. War so he kind of had some hush hush there and it's a lot of play back and forth between the two of them where it's just like well no I gave you Zemo like we're working here now Claw is ours but then Everett's just like, well, no, like, we're here for the steel because we need him. And then it's just the interplay between those two that leads Ross to Wakanda uh, with him being described as another broken white boy for them (laughs) to fix. Because at that point... Colonizer. Colonizer. And then also another broken white boy for them to fix because we already know that Steve left... Bucky. Bucky there because he still has mm-hmm. that Hydra programming in him, in him and if anyone's going to be able to get that out it's going to be Wakanda. and we have that pr- mid credit scene with him and yeah, uh, yeah like it's uh, but before the, we get past the scene though because it's a pretty good fight scene which leads into a really car good chase scene car chase in Korea it's a long car chase mm-hmm. too, uh, but this is also where we get our Stanley cameo. Is that something <laughs> we always? I'm just gonna take these, Stanley, and I'm gonna put them over here. So first of all, Stanley's not just a high roller that can get into this like <laughs> secret casino in Korea, but he's also like super fucking shady. <laughs> Stills people's chips. <laughs> So he's only watching out for them. He's like, "Hey, I'm gonna." Uh, but that'll take us into my last beer, uh, and this is the highly acclaimed KPS, and this is the Maple Mackinac Fudge version of KBS. This is an imperial stout brewed with the Mackinac Fudge, coffee, maple syrup chocolate and aged in bourbon barrels this like all of our other beers came out last year in the october range and uh holy crap is this beer good 
the yeah. espresso that we got previous as a variant version of KBS was good. But it was that yeah. thing of like, it already has coffee in it. Like, do something bigger, do something better. And like the next version of this that's coming out is um, vanilla cinnamon, a vanilla cinnamon version of KBS, which I think will be probably pretty good. I love cinnamon in my stouts. But man, the fudge, the maple in this, it's so smooth. It's so good for 11%. This is a pretty dynamite beer. I would say this is better than original KBS. Uh, 100% fully agree. Because, again, like I love the steps that Founders has made with having... KBS be that once in a year, get it while we got it released, to being like, hey, we've expanded our facilities, we can now offer this beer year-round, and now we're going to take that same amount of time and effort, and instead of just making it be KBS, we're going to do variant versions of it on top of it. Um, I would not know what Mackinac Fudge is if I hadn't lived <laughs> in Grand Rapids for a year. Uh, Mackinac Island is part of the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and they are known for their fudge and also the fact that if you live in Mackinac, like there's no cars on the island. Like basically, everyone just walks, rides bikes takes a horse everywhere. Uh, but more so, they're just known for making bomb-ass <laughs> uh, But But that's the thing. like The fact that Founders, a homegrown Michigan brewery, is like, no, we are going to make a beer. Our, like One of our flagship beers focusing on this fudge like kind of like leans some credence to the fact that it's like, no, this is like that hometown taste like we're doing this for us because this is a representative of like who we are in Michigan and then putting it out to everybody else I completely agree with you like I had this I was like ooh like that chocolate on it like it's just so rich and tasty I would take this over like the regular KBS any day I'd don't know if I could take it over CBS because that maple is just so. Ooh, John made a face. I, I would take this I, over I CBS. I like that maple a lot, but that like that chocolate richness on it is fantastic. Um, it, it's a back and forth like one and two. I think just depending on like what kind of flavor I'm in. I before. think this is something they should have done a while ago because years. Years ago, like the two big barrel aged beers were Founders KBS and then the Goose Island um, Bourbon County. County. And Bourbon Mm -hmm. County realized that, hey, we're going to do variants. We're going to do five or six variants. We're going to make them hard to get. We're only going to send some this way, some that way. It's going to be a thing where people are going to go crazy for it. And. Bourbon County 
is something that's because they've also made it so rare, so hard to get, has continued to be big, big, big business. And I say that because I have to work every Black Friday because that's when Bourbon County is released. I go into work early. I get everything set up. I've had those beers sitting in racking so nobody can get to them. So I can then hand these out to the first come, first serve beers. Yanni approved. What the listeners missed was Chris holding up the beer <laughs> mid in his camera, mid thing, and then this little hand slowly creep in, grab it, and pull it away. I was thinking that Chris was saying, was comparing this like, hey, Bourbon County, yeah, it's good. But there's other releases of uh, Imperial Stouts that can rival so I, now. She took, she took the sip, and I was doing, Is hey, thumbs up, thumbs down, and she looked at me and shrugged. <laughs> so, so not her favorite. But I mean, if listeners listen back to when we did Guardians of the Galaxy... We drank three different Bourbon County variants that I'd aged about, I think, 11 months at that point. And, I mean, we had nothing but positive, positive reviews about them. It's one of those beers, like, when it does come out and I see it at my beer store, I will grab it. And then they've had, like, the variants or, like, older versions of it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to grab that because it's just a good drinking beer like it's something in a saber definitely like mm-hmm. i'm not gonna just grab it and like down it while i'm playing games or comics but like if i have it i know like yes i should i've it. had i've had the bottles of their the variants that we got in western new york <clears throat> sitting there and i look at them and i go mm. I could really open those. But, Paul, you had this beer years ago, almost a year ago. Yeah, yeah, a while uh, ago. Because you got it. I think I bought yeah. it for pack for you, so you grabbed it from me. Mm-hmm. And then I've had it again afterwards. I do believe it is better than the normal KBS. I will agree. Uh, but... Then again, there's the Dragon's Milk that's out there constantly for what five yeah, bucks about, cheaper? About five, yeah, fourteen ninety like nine versus nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do I like this more than just the regular Dragon's Milk? It's a toss up. The Dragon's Milk like specialty releases are they more expensive? They're the same. I honestly don't no, know. No, I think they are more money. But here's the thing. In the last year, Paul, we haven't gotten any variants. We haven't gotten any of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. I, I Well, honestly, I haven't had any variants of the KBS. Well, you got year. the fudge. Next year either. So. The new one hasn't come year? out yet. During COVID? You got yeah. the fudge well, during I'm COVID. Still then waiting on. The fudge yeah. came out okay. in then, October, uh, November, and then um, 
the I sent you the picture of the cinnamon cinnamon vanilla, and that'll be out in. I'm excited uh, for that one. That'll be out in the fall. Yeah, I'm as excited for these as I am for the variants of a dragon's milk. A variant that I'm excited about. Like sometimes there's like a flavor combinations that I'm just not interested. I, in. I don't know if this is gonna be you a know, hot take, but I think I'm more excited for whatever comes out for Southern Tears Blackwater series than I am a KBS variant. <laughs> I think this is a little bit uh, of a hot take. Uh, that's a that's last a time we went take. to the beer store. I bought another four pack of the chocolate truffle because it's just so good. I haven't had any oh, yet. I have them. I have drink, a four-pack in my fridge. delicious. It's like that right they're, amount of like... They're ready to go for the uh, right podcast. right amount of chocolate richness and like that like sea salt on it. But guys, uh, talking about Black Panther, mm-hmm. I feel like everything else about this movie is kind of strictly boilerplate Marvel Cinematic Universe because at this point we get... Killmonger challenging T'Challa for the throne. He beats him. T'Challa learns a life lesson, comes back, and then you just get the CGI fight of your hero versus someone with the exact same power set that it in a is subway seat. It's a train. <laughs> like, Marvel movies gotta have a train in it. And that's, again, where this movie starts to lose me, because it's just so formulaic for everything else that they've done and they started out so strong with T'Challa being in Civil War where they got me to love this character that I had read comics of and seen him in other things previously but it just never grabbed me but in Civil War that Black Panther I loved and was one of the, the shining stars from that movie Thoughts? Because I, I I don't know how to like wrap that up. See, I I was thinking that I like Black Panther. I didn't really love Black Panther in Civil War. Like he's an interesting like kind of like thorn in the side of everything. But in this movie, I'm like, oh okay, this is a guy that could be that at the beginning of the movie, he's like, no, I'm going to follow in my father's footsteps. I'm going to honor my father, and then like he is faced with Killmonger, and then you know you know, dies or whatever happens there and they gets revived with the uh heart of the what is the it? Heart shaped herb. The heart shaped herb. And becomes Black Panther again. And he realizes that no, he needs to honor his old people. And I'm like at that point I'm like, I'm in. This guy this is a new Captain America for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like before that it's like, ooh, I don't really I don't know. I like the him. He's just kind of a wishy-washy, you know, just kind of like... Uh, I, say, I say he's more wishy-washy he's in his than, way than for no Civil War. Because Civil War, he's right. purpose-driven. Like, his his dad's been taken out. And like, now he has to step in that role as king, and he's got the means to, to fill that role. And just like, the moments in Civil War, he's just like, like playing with that ring on his finger, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, like what is Barnes? 
I'll get him. Like, there's like a cold and like he's just so focused to it that just like it's different from any other character that we have had in Marvel to that point where you're just like, oh, this dude, I want to see where he goes, and it, it sold me as a character. Yeah, he's Batman in that movie. And not Captain America. After at the end of this movie, he's I, now Captain mm-hmm. America. He, you know, he finds that nuance. He's the one that's going to stand up for what is actually right. You know, taking the whole picture into into consideration instead of just like what he's focused on. I feel like you're a hundred percent accurate in that, Paul. And I think that might have been Marv. Oh, right at town. I. Think that might have been um, <laughs> their purpose. Like they set up Doctor Strange to be mm-hmm. the new Tony Stark. They're setting up Black Panther to be the new Captain America because they knew in the next couple movies that those guys are going away. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, like while you guys were talking, I pulled up. I pulled up our list of our ranking for this movies and I'm I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to put this and I like this movie and it's still really <laughs> low on my list and I was like man it shouldn't be that low and I had it spoiler I had it at 13 and then I was like Ooh. then I was like Actually, I think it's my 14. But going down those movies, how I look at this is where I would, where and when I'd want to watch this. And I really, when we did this, I really loved Captain America First Avenger. And that that was a movie that I didn't like. Mm -hmm. But First Avenger was number 12 on my list. And then I'm looking at this next to the original the the first Thor movie and again I think Chris Hemsworth is as that star and the hero in that movie with his characters surrounding him I was like you know I think I would want to watch that over over this so that puts it down It puts it above Doctor Strange. I think this is a better origin story than Doctor Strange. Sadly, I'm saying Captain America, First Avenger, and uh, Thor uh, are uh, better uh, origin stories. You have to stop. This isn't an origin story, though, because we've already had T'Challa's origin story in Civil War, which is what I don't like about this movie, because I already know the character, and then it beats him down so much that it has to build him back up, but they already had my attention and love in Civil War. Like, I, I don't think you can call this one an well, origin story. It's a but first it's movie. it's setting up Wakanda. It's, you it's know setting who up he Wakanda, is. Which, it's a Wakanda origin story. It's a Wakanda origin story. You know, yes, we got to see this character before, but we don't know his life in this, and that's where mm-hmm. I say origin story because it is his world building origin story. It you know, and yeah, like I th- like 
looking going down the list where would I put where would I put these and I no it's You're above Doctor it Strange Doctor I Strange? would watch this movie over the Doctor Strange movie okay any day and I think okay but below below Thor, Thor. Wow. I liked I liked that first um, Thor movie. I think it's fu- it's fun. You think it's better than Black Panther? I don't Panther, know though? because again, it's how long has it been since we watched these movies? It's not like I'm watching all these movies I in mean, a like. It's not that I'm watching all these movies again and then putting them in the place. Now I'm watching these movies. It's been eighteen movies. You know, it's been. So you need a re-retrospective where you can now think where you would put it after re-watching I, them all it's, again. It's, okay, gotcha. I'm putting it into what would I watch over this movie. If you gave me gotcha. if you gave me five movies, where would I put this? Well, I would want to watch that one first. And that's how I kind of look at this. This is why I have Ragnarok, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Civil War, Avengers, Homecoming, Iron Man, you know... And continuing going down, like where where would I have this? We'll and go again, over it like, at the very end. Don't worry. Rethinking about these movies now, I probably would drop Iron Man farther down. You know, like I still Ooh. think Iron Man's a good movie, but I think Iron Man <laughs> should be grouped with where I have Iron Man, Captain America, Black Panther, Doctor Strange. Like, I almost want to redo these movies because we will end the end of this. We will reach the end of this list. And at that point, I don't know what to do after. We can look. I'm panicked. Well, at that point, I think we have an episode where we talk about that. We talk about our lists and then we talk about, hey, now, after watching all those again, and really think about where they line up. Where do you actually let's let's, let's rejostle and why? I think that no, I and that's part of the plan for this. So, Paul, um, I'll do mine. Okay, you can do yours, and then we we do have yeah, two post credit scenes to lead into part nineteen of this. Um, and I already saw yours there, but for me, I think I have to put this in my one, two, three, four. I, I, oh, Paul, you're moving around. Distract me. I think oh, I have sorry. to put this over Ant-Man, but behind Guardians Volume 2. Um, again, it's not an origin movie, but it's a great look into this character's life. And I love so much of this movie from like the main character to the supporting cast to your antagonist and just what it does set up coming forward because... In one of our post-credit scenes, we do get the uh, title card that says Black Panther will return in Avengers Infinity War. They knew people were going to respond to this movie in a big way, and they had us all like, no, like, he's going to be back. Same way they did with Spider-Man after the end of Civil War. It was like, no, like, Homecoming's coming out, guys. Just you wait. Like, you're going to get to know more about this character. This movie does so much for everyone else that I hope we get to see more of them. I don't know if we're going to get to see more of Nakia in 
Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever because Chadwick Boseman is gone now. I mean, we've already gotten more, you know, of Okoye and the Dora Milaje, especially in Falcon and the Winter Soldier because they come back in a big way to shut down John Walker, which is in my notes because Bucky does have such a presence at the end of this movie because they make reference to him being there. And then our second post credit scene, the white wolf is like these little kids, like hassling, like the white two that's there. And the last time we saw Bucky, he's being frozen with T'Challa telling Steve, like, Hey, we're going to do what we can. If someone wants to come for him, let them come. And at this point, here we are, like, you know, four movies later, and we see Bucky's doing well. He's making steps. Like, Shuri asks him, like, hey, how are you feeling? He's like, I'm good. And we don't get the full, like, payoff for that. I feel until we get Falcon and Winter Soldier, we get that flashback to him finally overcoming, like, those trigger words. And, like, you see that just, like, relief on his face. Like, it's no surprise we get more Bucky later on in the cinematic universe. But at this point, it's a, you know, it's a high point for that character to be like, no, like, he's he's recovering. Like, he's getting stronger. Yeah. And he also gets uh, Captain America his new suit and wings. Uh, Paul, your your ranking, where would you put this one? I put this uh, above the majority of intro movies. It falls (sighs) below, you know, Iron Man, the intro of Iron Man and Captain America and Guardians of the Galaxy. Just because it's it's under Guardians of the Galaxy volume two. It's just fun. And it is under. Volume two, just because that one is yeah, a little bit. A little bit. That's that was my hard point. Like when we were talking about this movie, I'm like, "Ooh, is it under Avengers and Guardians two, or is it above those two? Like that's that's where it kept on rocking back and forth. And right now, it's below both of those uh, because of the third act. If Killmonger lives, I think it might. This movie might jump up above both the original Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Just because Killmonger is such a great character. For them to have them like bury him at sea, like his ancestors he, that jumped But here's the, the thing is boats. you never see that. And when you listen to it, because I listen I watched this movie wearing headphones because I have a child sleeping upstairs, so I I listen to everything on headphones. Okay. You can, like, when he's dead, you can still kind of hear that breath that he's having that hard time breathing. So he could, you know, they could say that he's still alive and that they didn't put him in prison. There's, they... There's something... There's something gross about listening to somebody die though on screen like that's a little snuffy that's a little like you know what i mean is it like, an editorial is choice editorial or just a sound design like, that 
I never noticed until I listened to this movie with headphones in. Uh huh. Like, I don't know if I ever really want to watch somebody truly die on the screen, other than like a a thumbs up from you know going into molten metal. Like, yeah, and that's again, fine because he's giving you the thumbs up. So everything's very, okay. you know, very hard to hear. Again, I didn't hear it till I listened to it with headphones, but. There is a noise. It sounds like he's still breathing. Did I just hear that? I don't know. Is it Was it something just because I have those earbuds that really go into your ears and maybe I moved and shifted? I don't know. But it could be a... S- yeah, and maybe you listen to uh, Sergeant Peppers and learn that yeah. Paul is actually dead. But I don't know. Again, they could say that he, T'Challa, saved him. And T'Challa said, like, you're not a prisoner here. You are allowed to continue to live. You are like the white wolf. You could keep going. Like have a have a small hut and live by this beautiful river. Like we don't know exactly where it could go. To and, and yeah, hey, hang out with the border tribe. Word of warning: these three kids are going to wake <laughs> you up every day. But you know. You learn to deal with it. Um, th- but where they left yeah. it in the movie. Yeah. No, no I know. I'm, and I'm just saying. I rank it. So, I rank it low. And it could, you know, if they were doing a Marvel retro. Because right now, the whole point of this is the retrospective is after watching. And I will movies, say this. have seen. I have. And we have not seen Black Widow yet. I have watched these movies. That's where we're at. Just for. The show. I haven't gone back and continued to watch or rewatch anything. And Paul, you have. You've gone back a couple times and mm-hmm. and uh, rewatched everything. Times, so no. everything yeah. is different in your mind. But as someone who's just rewatching these right. every month to every other month and putting them in a certain order, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's different and. Again, not because we are doing doing this, but most of these movies I've watched only once or twice. I've watched them in the theaters, and then I watched them maybe once or twice after that, and then again for this retrospective. Yeah, and I, you know, I think I say this every time. Uh, when I do this and I'm looking at my list, I'm like, okay, do I want to watch this movie or the movie that's on my list right now? Up, oh, Black Panther versus Winter Soldier. Ah, nope. Versus Age of Ultron. Nope. You know, and I go down that list. I'm like, do I want to watch Black Panther or whatever's on my list? And once I start hitting like, ooh, I'm not sure. That's when I really start really thinking about it. And that's why Black Panther, like, I think... In a retrospective with what they do with Wakanda Forever, it could jump above Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, like, in the next next retrospective. But for right now, having only watched up to Endgame, Black Panther is below both the original Avengers yeah, the, and Guardians. Marvel's really done us a solid by postponing releasing their movies for the last, like, year and a half. <laughs> Well, I yeah. mean, coming up, so we have Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, 
Endgame, then WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and then Eternals. Because those are like everything that like solid we know, hope it'll be coming out. I haven't added everything else that they've already announced release dates for because who knows? Um, mm-hmm. But I always like going back to revisit these movies because, you know, yeah, I'm, fun movies. I'm watching watch. it in a different you know, viewpoint now because I'm always excited for the next Marvel theme to come out because it's more of the stuff that I love. But when I actually sit down with my notepad, which I'm holding up for you guys, Listeners can't see it, but it's an it's an <laughs> Avengers oh! like Infinity War bum, 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 like bum, bum, composite bum, notebook. Bum, like I, I like watching this and like trying to take note of everything else that like Ooh, ooh he's got that. I, I got a I got a mead I got a mead spiral that I've College probably school. had since junior high. Ooh, but it's college rule. College rules. Um, I I like watching it, trying to think of all that other stuff, not just watching as like, oh, this is entertainment that happens to be mentioning other stuff I like. I like looking for those little winks and nods now and, you know, taking into account how that might affect my viewing of that movie now because I'm like, oh, well, this throwaway line is leading into something that now I know matters because they talk about this in the Loki show or coming out in Eternals. Like there's, there's a lot of layers to this and it's making me appreciate other movies more because when we started this, we didn't know that they were going to be talking about Thor, the dark world in Endgame or the Loki show. But guess what? Like now that features prominently, yeah, this still won't m- like that movie anymore, though. And just because he drinks a soda from uh, the Hulk, Incredible Hulk, doesn't make me want to go watch this Incredible movie, Hulk This movie, though, anymore. watching Black Panther made me want to watch Infinity War. It made me want to continue the story. Yeah, yeah like Get it, this it made me want to see those characters oh, okay. again, and so I stopped myself from watching those, and was like, well... We're going to be watching those soon enough for the retrospective. I want to watch it then. Uh, it was a note, didn't talk about, but shout out to Ludwig Gorson, who did the original score for this movie. Uh, you may know his work because he's done all the stuff for Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Donald Glover, a.k.a. Troy Barnes, a.k.a. Lando Calrissian uh, from Solo. But he also did the music for Mandalorian. And I feel like you can really pick that up if you listen to the Black Panther score and then you go back to Mandalorian. Like, you can be like, oh, yes, this is the same person that's done that uh, music. That, w- that was something that I did want to mention in this was the score of this. Like, it really made the movie. And anytime that it's like, Again, I'm listening to it with headphones, so you, I feel like I really pick up more yeah. audio cues doing that. Like, it did hit me a lot harder in this watch, and I was like, yeah, man, it's it's really good. And it was one of those things where I was like, I, I wouldn't mind 
having this play in the background while I was driving home from work or driving, you know, driving to work. Like, I I really enjoyed it. Thank you for mentioning that, Chris, because I had it. No, it, it was on my notes, but we kind of like glimpsed past it because like we really got into like the hot heavy of like the characters in the story, like from the get go. Like there was no build because there's a lot of good stuff that comes out of this movie, but I don't know how much mm-hmm. of that's just the characters and their stories, like over the plot and Forrest Whitaker being awesome. Forrest Whitaker and also, I, I think at this point, like, Forrest Whitaker and Lupita Nyong'o are just people that Disney's like, oh, have we got a person for you? Because they're kind of, I don't want to say mainstays, but they're, like, repeat offenders. Where Disney's like, hey, like... Yeah, they're journeymen. Bring them in. Like, oh, you need someone to be Bagheera? Lupita Nyong'o. You need they're someone masters. to be Maskanada? Lupita Nyong'o. Like, you need someone to be Nakia? Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah. Like... They draw from that pool of talent, and you can't blame them for it because they perform in yeah. all those roles. Anyways, it's been it's been a while. I got pizza to eat. Everyone else has got to get to sleep. Rate and review us. We're on the iTunes. Check us out. Uh, emails, babyboardcast at gmail.com. Follow us on the social medias. Um, anyone else? Anything to say? I, I love you. Nope. Uh, uh, oh, we love you. We all love you all, like 3,000 plus one. Yeah, uh, you're like five movies too early for that. <laughs>